God, we thank you for this passage of Scripture as we have been going through uh, the Bible starting from Genesis and now looking into Numbers uh, that we are seeing a picture of the ways you have worked through your people. And we pray that we would find some wisdom in these passages, that we would find relevance and principles that will help us in our own seeking to serve you in this place. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the most challenging things I ever experienced was going through basic training as I was going to become a chaplain with the Army Reserves. And it was something that was really weighing on me. I had a lot of anxiety about what that was going to look like. In fact, I still remember uh, as I was going from our home to the uh, to Base Borden, where it was going to be taking place, I was going to be stopping and, and having a lunch date with our daughter, Abby, uh, where uh, she was at in her group home. And I remember having lunch with her at McDonald's thinking, do I really want to go through this? Why don't I just stay with Abby at McDonald's? That sounds a lot more fun than basic training. But uh, sure enough, I, I brought uh, Abby back home and, and I went off to the base. Now, thankfully, I had a friend who was uh, also a chaplain and he was able to give me some information. He assured me that uh, this month of training that we were going to do at Borden was going to be mostly chaplain training, which may be a little bit of army stuff, but mostly chaplain. I thought, well, this can't be too bad. I've been a pastor at that point for about 15 years, and so I know I have some idea of what it means uh, to do this. It's just a matter of, of learning the new context in which to do ministry. However, when I got to Borden, I discovered that it was not going to be mostly chaplain training. It was going to be mostly army training. I was learning to become an army officer with just a small little bit of chaplain training. The focus definitely was going to be on the military aspect of it. Well, that kind of left me in a in an anxious place because uh, I just wasn't sure how I was going to do that. I wasn't in great physical shape. I wasn't really active in terms of being able to do uh, the exercises. Uh, I didn't have very much... Uh, um, uh, ability to uh, like rhythm to do things like uh, drill and marching and all that kind of thing. And uh, I didn't even know how to wear my uniform. I just got my uniform just a, a couple of days before training was starting. So I was so filled with anxiety. This seemed like the kind of experience that was going to be too much for me. And uh, I remember that uh, I could see my car in the parking lot from the window from my room in the barracks. And I could see that there daily. And I would think, you know, it would be so easy for me to just head off into that car. You know, I could just finish this and not have to deal with all of the, the, uh, the stress that would go on with basic training. Well, thankfully, I continued with it and uh, and completed that training. In fact, if you come and visit me in my office, you'll see on the wall a little uh, certificate there that says that I completed it, and it's not there to impress you. It's there to remind me that there is a time for us just to to hold on to courage. And if it's not courage, then just stubbornness to follow through with what we believe it is important for us to do. What have you experienced? Have you ever gone through something where you were looking at it, you were anticipating it, and you thought, 
this is going to be too much. I just do not have the strength or the ability to complete this. Have you done something like that? Well, what about this church? Has this church ever faced that? Well, of course this church has faced that. We have been around now for over 185 years, and I'm sure many times throughout those years, this church has faced uh, obstacles, this church has faced challenges, this church has faced opportunities that were scary, and we had to make choices about whether we were going to go forward or not. And that's what we're going to look at as we look at this passage from the book of Numbers. Over the past number of weeks, we've been looking at a little bit of the life of Moses. We saw how Moses was called by God at the burning bush to bring his people out of slavery uh, in Egypt. And so he indeed brought them out of that. They came to freedom, but then they came to uh, Mount Sinai and Moses received the law and they received these commandments about what God wanted life for them to look like. And all of that was great. Both of those things were just amazing. But that was not the end of God's plan. God didn't just want them to be freed from slavery. God didn't want them just to have the commandments. God wanted them to go to the promised land, the land of Canaan, the place that we now call Israel. That was the plan for them to go there. And so uh, Moses continued to lead them and brought them to the very borders of Canaan. Now, this is not that much longer after them having come out of Egypt, after having received the law. And there they are, just outside the borders, and they did what was wise, which was to send in scouts to look uh, to see what the land was like. That was just something normal that you would do. If you're coming in to occupy a place, you want to know who is there, uh, what are the defenses like, uh, what, what's the, the land like, are they going to have trouble with agriculture and farming and so on. And so they sent spies in. In fact, they sent 12 spies, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And they spent 40 days going through that land, taking a look at what was there. And they saw that there was a lot of good things. There were uh, amazing grapevines that were just absolutely incredible. Nothing like anything they had ever seen before. Uh, figs and, and so many other uh, things. It just was an amazing place. They described it as a place, a land flowing with milk and honey. It was absolutely incredible. But that's not all that was there. There was there were people that were there. There was already people living there, and not just living in little villages, but they had uh, uh, fortresses. They had places that were able to defend against invaders, such as the people of Israel. And these people were big. They were really big. Now, we shouldn't think of them as like huge giants or anything like that, but they probably were taller than the Israelites. Uh, and so they were scared. They came back and brought the report to Moses and the people. And they said, yeah, there's a lot of really good things here. This would be a beautiful land for us to settle. But the problem is... There are people there that are too tough for us. The obstacles are too difficult. We cannot do this. We cannot accomplish what you are asking us to do. It is too hard. There was only two of the spies that believed that they could make it. And that was Caleb and Joshua. Those two, they saw all of the same things as the end, as the other ten spies. They saw the, the goodness of the land and they saw the strength of the obstacles. They saw 
uh, the people that were there who were going to try to stop Israel from going in. But at the same time, they also believed. They saw the big picture because it wasn't as if God was calling them to go into Canaan just out of the blue. They had actually experienced time after time of God's provision. Uh, The way that they came out of Egypt was not just saying, okay, uh, here's our notice to the Pharaoh. Uh, We're going to be uh, leaving uh, now. We give you our two weeks notice and we'll be out. And uh, and the Pharaoh said, okay, here's fine. That's fine. You know, have a, have a great time. Uh, That's not the way it worked. He tried to stop them. And God had to come against Pharaoh and to bring the plagues and miraculous things happened. And even after that, Pharaoh's army chased down the people of Israel and God protected them and saved them from the Egyptians. And so God had shown himself to be faithful in all of these ways. And Joshua and Caleb remembered. They remembered God's help in ages past. And because of that, they were sure that God would get them through this as well. Well, not only did the people of Israel not want to follow with uh, Joshua and Caleb, they actually wanted to stone them. They wanted to kill them. They didn't want this. They looked back to Egypt. In fact, they would have said it would have been better that we would have died than for us to go and try to take Canaan. That's how bad they felt about this. Well, that that did not go over well because God had a plan and the people were rebelling against the plan. And there were consequences to this. In fact, this is the reason why the Israelites wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. Every once in a while, you'll hear that the reason they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness is because uh, Moses was a man and he was too proud to ask for directions. That was not the reason, okay? Let me make it clear right now. It was because the people rebelled at this particular point where they were not willing to go in when God told them to go in. And because of that, they had to wait for 40 years. The purpose of that was that entire generation would die out, that they would not be able to see the promised land. In fact, only two of the people from that generation were able to enter into the promised land. And that was Joshua and Caleb, the two spies that were believing. And that is extremely important this is the, the lesson that Israel had been, had been given, that they were to trust in what God had done in the past. Now, in our experience, it's unlikely that we are called to occupy a, a foreign land uh, by force or anything like that. That's not God's call upon our lives. But he does have something for us as individuals and as a church. And we always face the same principles that we find in the story. And if I had to, to uh, summarize all of what takes place in this passage is that people look at their own lack of resources, they see the difficulty of the obstacles in front of them, and they experience fear, and they have to make a decision of whether they're going to follow through or not. That's basically the whole story. And we face that regularly. That's a part of life. 
Uh, as individuals, we're always figuring that out, that something comes up, an opportunity comes our way, and we look, well, you know, I, I don't really have the money, or I don't think I have the skill, uh, that might not be my personality, I'm just not sure, maybe other people won't uh, want me to do this, and so uh, the obstacles are too hard, and I, I might not do it. Uh, we face those kinds of things all the time, and certainly as a church, we face those kind of things as well. Well, it is good for us to consider these things. Uh, There's a reason why the Israelites sent in the spies. And we're not called to have blind faith of just uh, going and doing whatever without thinking about it. Uh, That's not the way it is. In fact, in the Gospels, Jesus tells his disciples that people are to count the cost. If they're going to follow Jesus, they need to look at what's actually going to happen, what is required, and figure out if they're willing to pay that price or not. So that's important. But we still face those principles. The fact that our resources, as we see them, do not seem to be enough to overcome the obstacles that are facing us. In fact, we might feel like these Israelites as Israelites or as, as grasshoppers in, in the face of these difficulties. I remember uh, many years ago, just as I had uh, come back to the church, uh, I really felt called to go to a mission uh, with Operation Mobilization. I really felt like God had called me. I was actually a part of uh, BCF, uh, Brock Christian Fellowship at the time, and they had a speaker come in and talk about short-term missions. And I really felt compelled that this was what God was calling me to do. The problem is, I did not have the finances for that. But I went through with the application, I applied for it, and I had ideas of where I thought that maybe some of that that finances would come from. Uh, it ended up that many of my ideas that I had didn't work out, and I thought, this is not going to happen. And about a week before I was supposed to leave for this mission, all of the money appeared. It was all available, uh, and I was able to go. And that was a life-changing experience. In fact, it was the, the, the time in which I really felt God calling me into pastoral ministry. But this is the point I really want to make here. And what we're talking about is not just about having the courage to do crazy things. Uh, it's about having the courage to do what God calls us. So I don't want you to think right now, you know what, it'd be a really good idea to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel. And I'm going to, based on what Pastor Steve says from the passage here, we should just have courage. It's not worry about the strength of the rocks at the bottom because God's more powerful powerful than the rocks at the bottom of Niagara Falls. Don't do that, okay? Uh, I, I really suspect that God is not calling you to go over in a barrel over Niagara Falls. But what is God calling you to do? Think about that and uh, try to have the courage to do that. Realize that God is more powerful than our obstacles. Now, uh, when it comes to a church, uh, we experience uh, concern that we can look at the size of our congregation. We can look at our financial resources. We can look at our building. We can look at our parking. We can look at all kinds of other things and think, well, you know, what can we do? How can we really make a difference? We see uh, every day in the news the, uh, the the needs that are in our community. How can we ever make a difference with our limited resources? And that's okay to have a bit of fear there. It's okay to have some uh, this feeling of awe when we face those kind of things. Uh, 
but we need to have courage. We don't have to do everything. It's not our job as Queen Street Baptist Church to eradicate all poverty in all of St. Catharines. That's not what God is calling us to do. But what is God calling us to do? What life change is he seeking for us to do? And yes, we're still going to face obstacles, but what are we going to do And will we have the courage, like Joshua and Caleb, to step forward? After our service this morning, we are going to be having our annual meeting. And I did not plan this message to go with the Sunday of our annual meeting. In fact, uh, it was originally meant for the previous Sunday, but because of the the bad weather that we had a few weeks ago, we, we missed a service. But I'm so glad that this is the passage that we're looking at as we look at our annual meeting. Because we will have the the temptation to try to remain as safe as possible, to avoid all risks, to try to make things as comfortable as possible, to sit on the borders of Canaan, to look at the uh, the Canaanites there and say, you know what, that is too difficult. I'm going to just stay right here on the border here and try to remain as comfortable as possible. That is not what God wants for us. That doesn't mean we're supposed to go and and do all kinds of crazy things, but it is our job to discern what God has for us and to have the courage to move forward, to ask ourselves, do we really believe that God will provide in the area in which he is guiding us. That is true for us uh, as a church, and it's true for us as individuals. What are you experiencing right now? What challenge in your life are you wondering, should I do this, should I take the risk, or shouldn't I? What is happening there? Take a look at this passage and find some inspiration. Find some encouragement to be able to move forward. If we believe that God is involved in it, then God will give us everything we need to accomplish the goal. Let us pray. God, we thank you for Joshua and Caleb. We thank you for their courage, that even though they they saw all the same obstacles as all of the other spies, they still believed that you would be able to accomplish the mission and get them to where they needed to be. We pray for us as individuals and families and for us as a church that we would have that same courage and that we would be obedient. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.